Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network continuing on our coverage of 24 Season 1, Day 1, Episode 17, 4 pm to 5 pm, written by Michael S. Chernichin, directed by Stephen Hopkins. I don't even care if I pronounce his name correctly because this is a shit episode, so he deserved to have his name pronounced wrong. Um, it first aired on the 26th of March. 2002. And now we've got to talk about this episode. Uh, My name is Ben, and how do you know how smart I am? We've spent 15 hours together, and most of it has been in bed. You weren't supposed to tell people. Um, My name is Colin, and I hope I'm not getting a cold. (laughs) I was going to use that one, but then I thought, no, let's go with the other one, because why not? I don't Um, want to scare people. There's COVID pandemic going around i shouldn't have done that That was inappropriate i'm sorry i think i'd rather catch covid than watch this episode i don't know um this is uh wow yeah this episode is an episode of 24 (laughs) i kind of alluded to last week that the, the the real good stuff in this episode is like good and then it ends and it's shit and you're like oh like as i said it's like you're having sex with a beautiful woman or a man, whatever tickles your fancy, and you get to the point where you think you're about to do what you're there to do, and then they just leave. And you're like, what? Is that, what? what? Like, it's it's frustrating. Because, like, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat watching this, and then it happens, and you're like, oh. And then throughout all of this, Terry goes to a restaurant, and Kim catches a taxi. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember famously, I think I said at the beginning of this season, I might not bin an episode. We might be on for my third bin all of a sudden, Colin. I don't know. Um, let's be honest, we are on for my third bin today. What What did you think of this episode before we get into it? Yeah, you know, I think we briefly talked about this last week, and I, I was kind of surprised you were saying, oh, I'm really not looking forward to next week because I remembered – the good stuff in this episode is being really good. And I think maybe we will have a little bit of a divide this time because yes, there's some terrible stuff, uh, a setup of several episodes of terrible stuff here, but particularly, I mean, I, I really like the, the, the Elizabeth Nash storyline and this hotel heist or whatever that it makes up for most of it for me. So I, I can forgive the little bit because really it's, it's, it's probably less Terry and Kim than we've had in some of the previous episodes. And they allow like a massive chunk, especially at the end here for some really great stuff. So I'm more forgiving, I think, than you are. See, that's, that's interesting because, um, yeah, the Nash is the one that frustrates me because I love it. And then I hate it, how it ends. Um, I, 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 when I say I hate how it ends, 
like I like the ending of the episode. Like I like sort of the cliffhanger because it sets it up. And you're like, oh, what does this mean? Um, but like I just hate the conclusion to what Nash does, and just like it just frustrates me. Like, shall we get into that straight away? Like, shall we get her over and done with so we go can just for it? Get, probably bag out the rest of the rest of it um basically this is manipulative Um, you're hoping we could talk about the good stuff and then focus on all the bad stuff at the end to change my rating yes that's exactly what i'm doing uh apparently um so basically um nash is going to continue her little meeting with sexy agent man mr drazen um, they all rock up to the hotel. Now, did they, did they call Chopper Command here? Um, I, I, I don't know. Like how they... <laughs> Jack's looking pretty sexy in his jacket with his white shirt. He has a little bit of a moment with Aaron. Um, and I do love how this Aaron passes it off like, hey, we met earlier today at the breakfast. Yes, I'm sorry about that. We didn't realize how much stress you were under. I'm sure you said that to all terrorists. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Bin Laden. We didn't realize how much pressure you were under by the Taliban to blow up all those buildings. Oh, how forgive us. <laughs> um, like... Again, back to last week. Secret Service Agency are so inept. Like, oh, sorry, Mr. Man, we thought you were a terrorist until an hour before. <laughs> like, if he had a shot, Palmer. Oh, sorry, we realised you had to keep your family alive. It's okay, you just killed the future president of the United States. It's okay, we didn't realise how much pressure you were under. Our mistake. Yeah, oopsie. I also love how Jack uh, introduces Nina as his partner. Um, I, I don't, yeah, is, I is, got that. <laughs> like, in what context, Jack? Um... And I also love how like they're kind of having like a little bit of a powwow here. And is it Jack is basically like, we don't have time. We've got to set these rooms up, which they set up like the biggest surveillance operation in CTU history up in like 25 minutes. Um, so good for them. <laughs> I do like how like he's uh, Jack's like trying to explain to Nash about fiber optics. And she's like, I don't know what they are. And he's just like, they're tiny little cameras that even if you know where they are, you won't know that. This is 2002. I'm sorry. Like, you still know where cameras are in 2021, basically. So, like, they're, they're a little bit, uh, you know... Um... I have a different issue with that. Can I okay. Can I go ahead? Please do, Colin. Okay, what is so your issue? My issue here is uh, we're going to install fiber optic cameras. And he goes, well, fiber optics is... And he basically describes... Now, there's a problem with this. Yes, fiber optic cameras are tiny little cameras that will be unnoticeable. But... They're tiny cameras so that you can film inside tiny things usually. I need to look inside this engine. I need to look inside this person's colon. If you put that mounted on a wall, you're going to see about three inches in front of it and nothing more. These fiber optic cameras are useless. Well, I mean, obviously Sexy Agent Man only has a three-inch dick, so clearly that's uh, how it's... (laughs) how it works but that's a very valid point uh but i do love how they let us like set this up so quickly um they get it all done and like they clear the floor out so basically if you're just staying at this hotel like you're just chilling like you don't have much to do that day you're just laying in bed watching the tube um some agency (laughs) knocks on your door get out like why like we need this floor why because we do now get out (laughs) like poor business people like what if what if Johnny the businessman was hooking up with Jenny the businesswoman and, like, this was their only time together and now they're getting kicked out of the hotel? Like, I want compensation. <laughs> um, but I do love how it was, I guess, we're Johnny the floor. businessman. Johnny <laughs> businessman. What, what, was, what did Milo call him? Johnny Pool Guy or Johnny Cool Guy last week or whatever it was? Oh, Johnny um, Cool Guy, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we get a couple of conversations here, like Nina sits down with uh, Nash and kind of, you know, oh, girls are bonding over 
slutting around with men, sure. Um, I, I do one, the one bit I do actually really like, like it's very well acted and it kind of, it's tense and everything. Cause there's not a lot of music used in this episode. I don't know if you like paid attention to that. Like there's not much of a mm. score in this episode, which kind of works. But, um, when Nina and Jack kind of have their little conversation, when Nina tells Jack that, uh, Terry knows and kind of, um, Jack Oopsie. sort of has his, <laughs> Jack has his kind of little reaction to it, you know, like she asked what was happening, but she didn't want to know and all this sort of stuff. So it's kind of like a night. And like, I, I like the stress it adds to Jack because, you know, it's kind of like he's dealing with his home situation while dealing with this job, I guess. So kind of, I do kind of like mm-hmm. that moment, but, um, it's all set up. Palmer comes down and he's basically like, damn it, man, I've known this girl since she was little i'm best friends with his dad if anything happens to her i will hold you responsible because we can um (laughs) (laughs) i i I do like it later on in the episode when palmer gives his why like later on when he finds out that nash is in custody um but yeah again correction from a few episodes ago i said this last week that obviously this is palmer and jack in a room together um I mean, this I, is I, such I, a throwaway, though. Like it's it's fifteen seconds. Yeah, uh, but we do we do get them together again, obviously at the end of this episode, and we do get them later on in the the season as well. But um, I mean, you can understand Palmer, but at the same time, like I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of a smart idea. Like what 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 else do they expect? Like to just let him rock up into his room, opens the door, hello, CTU, you're under arrest. Oh shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they could, but uh, you know, at the same time, it kind of makes sense. Um, so sexy agent man, a uh, sexy Drazen man, <laughs> sexy <laughs> agent man, um, shows up. I love like how they say at one point, like he's in the, they say he's like in the car park or something and he'll be up there in like three minutes and like seven minutes later, he finally shows up. Um, and he, took the stairs. he did. Uh, and then it's all tense because it's all like, She's knocking on the door and they're all like, why isn't he answering? And he's just doing his long, sexy hair and wiping his eyebrows and putting on some cologne because why not? Um, And, like, she doesn't do a very good job of trying to be normal because, like, he's trying to, like, Mm -hmm. mack it on with her and she's just kind of like, oh, oh, I'm so stressed. And, like, okay, fair enough. Like, she's just found out that he's, like, a terrorist and all this sort of stuff. But as we're about to find out, like, we've spent, like, 15 hours together and all that and been in bed, you know? I will say, like, I do, this is the stuff that I like. Like, it is tense. Like, I like the way that kind of, you know, she drops the tracker and she's trying to fit it in and he's all taking his time putting orange pills in his mouth and uh, <laughs> then, like, they just start getting on top of each other and this, that and everything. Else. Like, it's tense. Like, it's legitimately tense. I actually do enjoy it. But the things that kind of you notice, like, when they overly uh, focus on the knife, sitting on the desk when like she's trying to get into the wallet it's like hmm um and I, i'll just remind people because again i'm sure people really care about when ben waterworth watched this episode for the first time but this was the episode that i missed so i never saw this episode live i never saw this episode until i watched it on dvd when i eventually got it for christmas or whatever that year um so i, I wasn't able to experience this live um but then like we talk about like soap operas this is when it turns really soap opery when all of a sudden he's like I think I'm falling in love with you. It's like, what? <laughs> like, even I'm going, huh? Like, it just, I, I again, I'm guessing this is his play because, like, as he got the phone call earlier that I should have mentioned from Andre basically saying about how, like, oh, once you've done what you've done with a um, killer and, like, oh, I know women and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, there's kind of the setup here that you know she's kind of going to die no matter what. So maybe 
sexy Drazen Mans is doing this to play on. I don't know. But this sets her off. This basically makes her not answer the phone when Jack rings because, like, once the track has been planted, essentially the phone's going to ring and she has to leave. Or if she's in danger, she has to say, I hope I'm not coming down with a cold. So the track has been planted. <laughs> Jack's getting ready. And she doesn't answer the phone. I love Jack's reaction when he's like, damn it, it went to voicemail. It's like, you just saw her hang up. You are watching her I on know. camera. <laughs> like, what What do you expect, Jack? Um, also, I think we get another damn at this episode. I think we're up to 14, just while I remember. Anyway, this sets off Elizabeth uh, into rage. And this one just makes me mad. I just hate this. I just, it's so, like, I feel like I'm watching Days of Our Lives at this point. We get, I think I'm falling in love with you, to, oh, scorned woman, I'm going to stab him. And then so she stabs him. And then it's all like, oh, dramatic. Oh, no, we're losing him. Um, Elizabeth gets arrested. Palmer, why? Like, has she been arrested? Um... He, she just stabbed a guy. <laughs> like, it's all on camera. <laughs> uh, I love how she's like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Like, you just cold-bloodedly stabbed a man. Like, you weren't under threat. Even Palmer's like, she was acting in self-defense. <laughs> and even Jack's like, I watched the whole thing, sir. Like, you got a crazy woman on your hands. Um, and, I mean, I will just add here that, like, this is where the episode actually ends because then Drazen's phone rings and I, this is the part I do like. I do like the bit where Jack sort of is like, we've got to take a chance. And he's just like, hello. Like, he should put on an accent. Like, come on. He knows his guy has an accent. He should be like, hello. Um, so, but, and but then we've got... I love he, he's he almost like grunting at first just to kind of gauge. He's like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and then he just goes <laughs> hey, to hey, regular hey. Jack voice. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, he be like... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bueller. Oh, Rudy! Rudy! Oh! Um, I, I'd like to. He, he answers the phone. CTU power. I mean, yes. <laughs> um, and then we see sinister guy with a hat on, basically like, "You got the money?" And he's like, "Yes." He's like, "I'll meet you at the spot in twenty minutes." What spot is that? You already know the spot. By the blah 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 blah. <laughs> Like, again, I, I, I want this guy in the hat to just be like, you fucking know the spot. Shut up and hang up. Like, that's what it should be. But, I mean, it's kind of smart. Like, you know, Jack, we've got to take a chance. Why not? I do like the ending, but uh, you, you can defend it. Everything up until the soap opera storyline of I think I'm falling in love with you to Stabby McStab Stab. Um, I'm on board. I'm, I'm actually enthralled. Like it's very well acted. It's very well set up, but it just, it just gets destroyed by such a ridiculously stupid ending. But are, okay. Are you, are you saying that the, I think I'm in love with you. And then she just flips that she legitimately was saying she was in love with him there. Yes. I think no. that she's, no, so, no, I, she's, I, she's I, playing I, along, but I think, no, I think that she's kind of like, she's so, I don't think she's playing along. If she's playing along, she's not going to stab him. Like, she's just upset at the fact that he's in love with her and she believes it. But I I think it comes down to the fact that Uh, she's fallen for him, but she knows it's not real because he's either lying or, like, she can't have him because he's a traitor and he's going to, like, fucking kill the next president of the USA. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, in all fairness, we have a lot of soap opera stuff going along right now. So whether that was what they intended or not, it's fair that that's how people are going to perceive everything that happens in these episodes now. But I 100% saw this as she went in there, she knew she had to play along. And this is what happens when you have an inexperienced person 
acting as a field agent. And, and this is one of the things I like about, you know, this first season is they would, they would do certain things to bring realism into it that you don't see in some other season. I mean, there, this isn't going to be the last time that somebody who's inexperienced has to kind of, you know, uh, act as a field agent. But okay. I, I think this is one of the better times <laughs> they've done it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, you, you go even a few for some CTU people, like look at what the first time Chloe was in the field. I mean, we, we get a lot of this too. And that's somebody who has partial training. Uh, I like the fact that she's doing that because at least I'm perceiving it as she she keeps screwing up. She, she knows what she's supposed to do. So she goes in there and when they first meet, I love the moment where she's he's like going in for a kiss and she's like, yeah, awkward hug. Like that's the way I hug. Yay, hey there, no, buddy. That, that, that <laughs> looks, that's, that's generally how my girlfriends act in my, you know, past relationships. That's how they kiss me. Like I go to kiss them and they just, that's, that's generally what happens. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I think that there's plenty of parts throughout this scene where they're showing okay, she knows what to do and then the emotions get the better or she's just not prepared for it. The hug being one. And that the, the other moment that I really love is where uh, she, she kind of loses on him the first time and Nina on the other line just says, yeah, that wasn't smart. <laughs> just leaves it at that. <laughs> but then she'll turn it around and she'll be like, you know what? It's just because I haven't eaten. I'm hangry, okay? I, I love that her, her best excuse is she's hangry here. Order me a burger, please. Uh, well, he's so just horny. Because the I, whole I time he's like, I thought we would order something else. Like, he just wants his dick wet. Like, that's all he's doing. Yeah. Typical well, man. I mean, why, was he, why was he sent back here again? Yeah, we don't, we don't ever, like... I mean, again, this is what, two hours ago they fucked? And then all of a sudden, yeah, like, wasn't it last episode where she's like, he goes like, I could be there again in an hour, like after saying I'll fly to mm-hmm. Arizona or wherever they were going before, Nevada. Um, yeah, it's kind of, this is the thing, it's just so loosely implied. And then, like, if I'm him, I'm going to be annoyed. It's like, well, the only thing we ever do is have sex. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I'm grumpy. <laughs> like, I want you to hold me like you did at the lake on Naboo. <laughs> When we were so young, but I don't mind. <laughs> I, I really don't mind this. Uh, I think that that's one of the more tense things about it. Again, it depends on how you're viewing this episode. And again, I think it's fair considering the other stuff we're going to have to deal with this week to see this is a soap opera thing. But I think that when she says, you know, I'm in love with you, she's again like, oh, I'm screwing this up. I got to get back on my game. And the fact that she just keeps losing it like this is showing that you know the emotions are getting the better of her, and she probably does want to kill him because uh, um, when when she actually has a chance to explain herself doesn't she basically i'm not saying she has disassociative amnesia or something but uh when she has a chance to sort of explain herself doesn't she basically say oh i don't even know what happened like i wasn't myself for a second i i i I blacked out i think she does and then i i mean i want this to be like 24 i want the, the the comic book series explaining her trial like she's going to jail like i mean they've got this on tape like i mean is she gonna what play the like oh i was forced into this situation i never wanted to spy like i didn't want to do this and i didn't know i felt threatened like she'll probably get away with it because palmer will probably excuse her when he gets into office mm-hmm. so um but yeah i i yeah like i see what you're saying like i get the inexperience i get all that but it's just it's kind of like when we said a couple of episodes ago when she just conveniently shows up. Like, when all of a sudden, there she is, she walks into shot, oh, here's a new character that we need to care about for the next three episodes. Like, again, we know they're flying mm-hmm. by the seat of their pants. We understand it. Like, this is the first season. and there, But there is one, Patty. Patty becomes quite important later on in this season, and we meet her yeah. at the very beginning. Now, again, 
I'm sure the writers probably didn't understand what they were going to do with Patty by the end of it, but you at least met her at the beginning of the season. If maybe we met Nash mm-hmm. in those first couple of episodes, maybe this has more weight to it or something like that. It's just, I just, it's kind of obvious well, re-watching these sometimes, though, when, like, it's like when we said the guy on the phone, oh, he's not evil at all, is he? Like, as soon as you meet Elizabeth and she gets a talking line, like, oh, clearly she's going to play a part in this somehow at some point. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. But I think another one of the reasons I'm more forgiving this is because we at least get, yes, Elizabeth's introduction is bad, but they give about two episodes to build up to this. And I feel like we're, we're about to enter this stretch in the show where I almost feel like they were getting hesitant, you know, maybe through network pressure. Hey, the ratings aren't good enough that this serialized format, you got to pull back on a little bit. We, we need some some loose standalone episodes because we're going to get a few episodes in a row where it almost feels like, oh, here's our story of the week and everything's over and done within one week. And I think it definitely gets worse after this. So at least the fact that we were introduced to her and they said in the previous episode, listen, this is our plan for next week. It still feels like a continuing story because that's going to go away pretty quickly here. If I remember right for the rest of the season, it's going to be a lot of standalone stuff. One thing I really did love though, that, uh, you know, they don't mention in here, but I mean, if you watch the rest of the season is that as soon as he's stabbed, the first thing Jack says, go get me some towels from the bathroom. We know what this guy can do with towels. Like what was his plan here? Was he going to go after Nash with this? I mean, when, when <laughs> David storms in there, is it, why? <laughs> I, I want to be like, get those towels away from my girl. I know what this man does with towels. You're not allowed towels in the same room with Nash. You know, the, uh, I don't know if it's the ironic thing or whatever. You're talking about the ratings. Besides the premiere of this season, this was the highest rated episode of the season. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow. <gasps> Why? Uh, <laughs> All the so and fangirls just got the scoop. You know, he's going to yeah. be in bed. Maybe. Maybe. Do you, you don't even see him shirtless, I don't think, from memory. So, uh, oh, no, you see him naked in one of the episodes, don't you? Anyway, um, the, the, the subtle Palmer drama that we didn't sort of mention throughout all of this is um, Keith plays David the tape. Uh, and David's like, give me the tape. And like, do you trust me? And so you don't know what he's going to do with the tape. So, um, yeah, kind of that's going to set up something very interesting next week when it comes to Sherry. You have problems with that. Why do you have problems with that, Colin? It's just, it feels like we have spent 17 episodes with the writers just picking, okay, so Keith doesn't want this to go public, but David does. Okay, let's flip that. Now we're going to have David not wanting this to go public, but Keith does. And it's just this constant back and forth where I, I, I will say, I think that um, I think that I judged a lot of the Palmer drama, particularly Keith, based on the early season stuff where Nicole was involved. And it, it is really improving. Like, I didn't remember it getting to be as, as good as it is here. But maybe because we're analyzing this and we're constantly picking apart what a terrible father and politician David is, but why are they flipping positions all of a sudden out of nowhere? Like why all of a sudden is Keith, you know, the one who I want this to go public and David's like, no, 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 no. Just think about this. Well, the important thing is like when it gets to what comes with the Palmer drama too, is that we're 17 episodes in and we've really only had like what one moment between Sherry and David where it's kind of like they're at each other's throats, like a little bit of animosity between the two of them, right? 17 episodes in. This is going to be a very big thing for the final few episodes, particularly from next week onwards. It's all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to make Sherry sort of evil. Like that's kind of what they're going to do. And you and I talked up so much about Sherry. 
Yeah, like, Colin and I are going to be the biggest Sherry fanboys of all time. And as I've, I think I said at the beginning, she might be one of my top five favorite 24 characters. And let's be honest, 17 episodes in, we've not got a lot of her. Like, she's kind of faded away. Like, Sherry's yeah. kind of disappeared for the last, like, 10 or so episodes. Um, but she's she going to come into episode? it. Uh, don't think so. Maybe. Uh, maybe she just looks at someone. I don't know. <laughs> um, like... <laughs> There's Sherry looking at Keith again. Um, no, I <laughs> don't think she is. So uh, anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, she's she's about to become a very important part in it. So um, very interesting because I don't, I'm pretty sure that um, Penny Johnson Gerald is never credited as a main cast member because every episode she appears in, she's special guest mm-hmm. star. So that would mean yeah. that I'm pretty certain that she's never, ever credited as a main guest star, a main star of 24, which is interesting because um, she's, Lee's well, one of the biggest impacts. I'm 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 wondering how she got the special guest star distinction too, because I mean I I remember when this show came out, I was familiar with her because she was on I think like the final season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, she wasn't a main star of Star Trek Deep Space Nine either. It was kind of like you know she was the wife of a character that appeared every once in a while, uh, but. That's the only thing I think she was really known for prior to this. And Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I don't think, had such a huge fan base where people are like, oh, we're going to tune into 24 to see, you know, the wife of the captain. I think it comes down to, it's like, I'm guessing it's something to do with the guild or whatever, like how they get paid or how they get credited. I think it's, you know, like maybe she's offered a a starring role, but she's not going to be enough. Or like if she gets the word special guest star in front of her, like you get an extra payment or I think it's something down to that. Like there is a, there is a method behind the madness for credits in, in TV shows. Um, So like, even if you get a special appearance by, you know, or something like that, like it's kind of, you know how they word it differently sometimes when you look at different shows and it's kind of weird. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to kind of, if somebody listening right now, both of our listeners, if you know how that works with the guild or sort of the union. Penny, or if how, you're listening. Penny, I'm sure you are. But uh, I mean, looking here, like Penny is in a total of 45 episodes of 24. So she's in the same amount of episodes as Roger Cross, AKA Curtis Manning. And in only three less episodes than Wayne Palmer, D.B. Woodside, and only four less episodes than Glenn Morshauer, Aaron Pierce. Actually, she's only in seven less episodes than Kim Raver, a.k.a. Audrey Raines. And I would argue that most 24 fans probably remember Audrey Raines a lot more than, you know, because obviously Audrey, I guess, was spread out a lot more. I mean, she comes in in season four and kind of is all the way through to season nine, whereas Sherry's come and gone in three seasons. So, um yeah, it's interesting. She's in two more episodes than um, Gregory Itzen, Charles Logan. So, but again, I would argue wow. people probably remember Charles Logan more than they do Sherry, which is a shame because Sherry is just incredible. Give me my Penny Johnson, yeah. Gerald. <laughs> I think if if you stopped watching the show after season two, she's going to be one of the things that most sticks out in your memory. But I think it is just because so much else happened since then, which that's a weird thing because I was thinking about this last night. Even though the more I'm watching this, I'm starting to view season one as, yeah, probably not going to be at the top of my rankings. Uh, I I have like this really um, deep appreciation for anybody from the first season, which is weird because with other TV shows around this time period that I'm a big fan of, like Alias and Smallville, I sort of look at it the other way where I'm like, you know, a lot of those characters from the early seasons just didn't click. And there are characters in this season that I don't think really click. But still, when I think about 24, the first people that come to my mind are Kim 
and mm. Terry. And maybe Nina. it's, you know, uh, maybe it's just Nina. Well, I, I think Nina clicks, but uh, eh, by the time we get to season three, maybe it's <laughs> a little bit too much. But uh, but yeah, the, the, all these original cast members, I just view 24 as their show and everybody who came after this is like, oh, that was a really good replacement for them. But with other shows around the time period, it's sort of the opposite for me. Yeah, it's a good point because I think 24 is obviously a unique show in that, you know, obviously every season's one day and kind of, you know, it fluctuates. But, I mean, if you automatically sit down and think of the key 24 people that, you know, Jack and Chloe come to mind straight away and we're not going to get Chloe for two more seasons. Um, and then you would probably argue Tony. So, I mean, just literally looking here right now, the top three Lennox. most appearances, <laughs> um, <laughs> Janet, um, the, the the only three actors <laughs> who appear in more than 100 episodes are Carlos Bernard, Marilyn Rajskub and Keith Sutherland. Um, and even then, there's a big discrepancy between Keith Sutherland and Marilyn Rajskub. There's like 70 episodes more that Keith Sutherland's in, and he's literally in every single episode. And then you've got to go down the line, so you look at... Um, Surprisingly, actually, Dennis Haysbert's in the fourth most, 78 episodes. Then Alicia Cuthbert, then James Morrison, uh, and then uh, Rako Rico Owlsworth, however you say her name, followed by Mike Novak, Jude Chica Chica Chicola. So, um, like, it's kind of that spread out that these <laughs> major players, these major stars, aren't in it for extended periods of time. Whereas, like, yeah, like, you talk yeah. about those other shows, I mean you know, what we've covered here on the Oz Network, like I think of Lost, like, yeah, okay, kind of people come and go a lot on that show, but boom, oh. in Summerholder, first season. Um, but like, I mean, you know, you kind of have the tailies introduced and then they sort of all disappear. And then by the end of it, you've sort of got your OGs, but everyone's sort of been killed off left, right and centre. Nip Tuck, I mean, you sort of got your yeah. core group. We have stupid Grace in the first season that just disappears. Oops, I said her name. I said I'll never say her name again on this show. Uh, she just disappears without reason. And then you kind of got your core group of people on that. Third Watch, it's kind of similar. You've got a bunch of the OGs that kind of stick around. A lot of them leave in Season 5. Bobby Cannavale's obviously killed off in the second season, and then kind of you go from there. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Third Watch. But, um, you know, I, I, but like, well, I think of a show like ER. Like, ER's always sort of looked at kind of as the OGs are the ones that make it. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you remember Clooney. You remember, you know, Giuliani. You remember, like, all the OGs. No one's sitting around going like, Oh, like, you know, season 13 when, uh, what's his face, that Australian guy comes in or when John Stamos came in on, like, season 12. Like, no one's talking about them being, like, the glory days of ER. So it's kind of, it's it's weird how that works. Yeah, I think Lost is probably the best example of that because um, there are so many characters from even the first few seasons that they eventually, like, yeah, let's just do away with them. And then if, if you're thinking of, I don't know, a half a dozen lost characters that come to mind characters like desmond or benjamin linus mm. they're two, probably two of the first yeah. ones that, and they come in season what two. season three season two season three two. yeah yeah so you yeah, know you're right and i was thinking they were the first two that was come to mind as well because um yeah i mean ben is arguably one of the greatest characters in television history and yeah season two and then yeah desmond i mean god just the stuff around him is like i don't think Noah and i've had a bad desmond episode yet so um yeah absolutely and it's we get Desmond in 24. What's his face? Henry and Cusick, which uh, when we get... Is I he on 24? Season 4. It's it's. I, I just want to bookmark this note because he's one of the most frustrating characters because the way they leave him open-ended, you think he's going to come back and you expect him to come back and he never comes back. He's like, like a German secret service agent that Jack like screws over. And then he basically implies like, you'll never hear the end of this, Bauer. And then you never <laughs> see him again. 
So, um, yeah, because when he was on Lost, I'm like, hey, that's that random dude from 24. Or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember. I remember I recognized him one from the other. But anyway, no, he's he's only in like two or three episodes. I think it's season four from memory. Is so Theo Stoller? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, okay, no, okay, now, now it's jogging my memory, yeah. Yeah, Jack Man, man that man has some, he's got some great hair, doesn't he? Oh, does he ever? <laughs> Sex, sexy Henry man. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get to the uh, oh, a bit of CT, a, a bit of CTU stuff. Mason and Tony have a bit of an argument. This is what I think we were talking about last week about how you sort of imply that Mason's evil because he's not going to tell Jack about his family. So like, um, they're kind of sowing the seeds here. I think you get a bit more of it next week too. That oh, clearly Mason's evil because he's deliberately not telling Jack about his family. Um, or maybe he and he's evil. getting involved in Tony's personal affairs. I Inappropriate. Know. I know. Um, because this is we tell me, Tony, who's on top at home? Because <laughs> I guess it kind of connects into the the other stuff in the story. Because Kim Kim finds a phone booth and rings up Tony, <laughs> and basically. I mean, I kind of get it. Like, this is actually—I don't—I don't mind this from Kim because it's like she knows that somebody else was dirty, so she's kind of like, um, "Yeah, I need to speak to Jack Bauer and Nina Myers." It's like, "Well, I'm Tony. You can tell me." No, I need to speak to Jack <laughs> Bauer and Nina. But I'm Tony. I've got a flavor saver. Like, I'm hey, in command. Flavor saver. <laughs> like, I've got—I've got rank. I'm pulling rank here. Kid, yeah. tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, so Tony obviously doesn't get a location. So Tony goes to Mason and is all like blah 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 <laughs> that's exactly what he says Tony goes blah 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 um, and Mason's like blah 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 there's a sims like that are komischnada yeah. just like talking simish um, can somebody translate 24 into simish I'd watch that um, but yeah so um, and I mean Mason's kind of got a point though he's kind of like if we tell Jack now yeah. we know he's going to get emotional and he's not going to have his mind on the job I actually kind of agree with Mason here I don't know about you Oh, completely agree. Yeah. I mean, Jack we was literally about Jack to assassinate. <laughs> Jack was willing to assassinate a presidential candidate to save his family. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw the links he went through for Kim and Terry, or Terry and Tim, <laughs> <laughs> you know, throughout this season. I mean, he's basically going to be probably going to jail himself for yeah. what he did. So you tell him this. I mean, the whole the whole mission screwed. And, like, look, I get it. Jack's an emotional guy. He loves his family. But, like, if there is another mole in CTU, and we're not saying there is or there isn't, <laughs> but, like, surely they're going to know. They're going to know how to push Jack's buttons. Yeah. Like, just threaten his family, and then he'll do whatever you say. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to be a big thing in this show, as it is with every US presidential show. We do not negotiate with terrorists. Like, well, Jack Bauer does. <laughs> just kidnap his family. <laughs> <laughs> It's that simple. What was it, the joke in um, 007? That the British just always give in to the terrorist demands? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not American, we're British. We do whatever they tell us to do. Like, this is just what Jack does, right? So We anyway, can't take a um, chance. You always say that. Just once I want to take a chance. Uh, maybe I'll just lump the Kim stuff in here now. So, yeah, Kim escapes. I love how, like, Kim nearly gets run over by a car. I want that safe drive. Like, get off the street. What are you, stupid or <laughs> Like, where's that driver again? They should be playing that again. Um, and then Kim basically rings up Rick and, like, cheap-ass Kim, she's going through the phone boxes to see what doesn't have money. I guess she doesn't have any money on her, but okay. But then she, like, rings up Rick and is like, I'm coming over. And Rick's like, no. And it's like, if you don't let me come over, I'm, like, telling you to the police. And, like, 
poor old Rick, little doormat Rick here, just getting walked all over here. Um, so it gives he's gives just trying a, to take a nap too. I know. What is what is he like? Yell! I told you to take it off the hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Rick's like. I actually feel for Rick. Like, good on Daniel. Daniel Best is really good at kind of betraying this almost, like, whipped little puppy who just does as he's Mm. told because then all of a sudden he's trying to answer to, what's her name, Melissa, Melanie, whatever her name is. Melanie. Melanie. And, like, she's like, who is that? Who is that? He doesn't have an answer to it. And then when she rocks up to the door and she answers it and she's just like, "Um, yeah, is is Rick here? He's like, you that one who keeps calling? Like, I'm on (laughs) Team Melanie here again. Like, if like, what happens if like all of a sudden Jamie keeps answering the phone and she's not telling you and some guy just rocks up and it's just like, <laughs> hey, is, is Jamie, Jamie there? And, like you're that one who keeps calling. I uh, yeah, Jamie said I could come over. Like you're gonna be asking <laughs> questions. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean I'm sorry, like Kim. I know you've been through an ordeal here, but like stop eating another tax. man's grass. Jesus, yeah. woman. <laughs> like you deserve yeah. to just get kicked out in the street and kidnapped again. And I'm glad you brought up um, the the filmography of the great Navi Rawad here, uh, which, by the <laughs> way, after after we recorded that last episode, I remembered that not only is she in numbers, but um, Peter McNichols in numbers. So I decided to watch some numbers last night when I was going to oh. bed. Uh, great show. Let's cover it. I, I watched the pilot of that, I think, last year at one point, and I just thought, how did people watch this show? <laughs> oh, I love that show. It's trash, just, but it's good trash. I just it's like CSI. Ang- well, it's because what's his face? Bernard the Elf, um, who I can never yeah. forgive for stabbing um, Carter and Lucy on ER. So I, I just can't take him seriously, no matter what he Judd does. Judd Hirsch. An elf, or, he's, or he's killing other people. Screw him. But you got Judd Hirsch as well. Who doesn't love well, Judd Hirsch? I don't know. Judd Hirsch's ex-wife, probably. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, you mentioned the OC and her very similar character, the... The other girl on the OC. Teresa. Uh, yeah, it is. Can, can we just fairly say on both of these shows that the guy made the wrong choice and that she's the better choice on both shows? Oh, I mean, whew, yeah, no, I think you're right. Because, like, I mean, Misha Barton as a, oh, I was more of a racist. She's the Kim me, of the OC. She is, but, like, yeah, Misha Barton needs to eat a couple of Big Macs. She's a bit too thin for me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think you're onto something, though. Like, I mean, she's a bit trashy, which, I mean, you know, Kim's got it and Marissa's got it a bit more together. So, like, if I'm being judgmental, I don't know if I'm going for the Chino type. Um, <laughs> sorry to all our Chino listeners out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, poor poor Benjamin McKenzie and Daniel Best having to choose between either Misha Barton and Alicia Cuthbert and uh, and Navi here, so I mean, and, oh. and that's why David Crumholtz is the man because he's the only one who is smart enough to lock her down. <laughs> I mean, having said that, I'm not I'm like here I am, you know, bagging out Kim. I've got to bag out Rick here as well. Like, I mean, you've got a girlfriend <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're out at a furniture store hooking up, and now you're inviting her over. You've got a part to play in this too, Rick. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you know, just keep it in your pants, my friend. Um, I know your dong isn't as big as Dan's was, but. Uh, you know, or Dan's brother, uh, and then and then Kim basically cheapo Kim makes bloody Rick pay for the taxi. Like. <laughs> well, because I was wondering when she got there, uh, I'm like, you know, she didn't have money for a payphone. How'd she pay for this cab? And then she just casually, yeah, you know, sorry to barge in and ruin your relationship here. By the way, can you pay the cab fare? Kind of <laughs> awkward because the taxi's just like beep 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 beep, like. It's, <laughs> Which, I mean, fair enough, he's right there. He's, he's, he's got a busy day. This is pre-Uber, like taxi drivers <laughs> were wanted back then, you know? Um, so, <laughs> I mean, drama-rama, Kim's showing up here, but, 
Oh, then we get the main storyline. Well, the main storyline. <laughs> this is this is the difference, though. You view this as the main storyline when it's like two scenes. Um, I mentioned last week about what's her name here, Tracy. Uh, is it Tracy from uh, NCIS or whatever NCIS. show she's drive? Um, she is the worst. Like <laughs> f- five minutes in the car with Terry. Have you remembered anything yet? Have you remembered yeah. anything yet? I've never met anyone with amnesia before. Tanya is a name, not Tracy. Sorry, different T name. What did she say? I've never met anyone with amnesia before. (laughs) Wait, but in all fairness, though, she's the only sane character that when Terry's like, hey, I want to check out this restaurant, she's like, maybe you should go to the hospital first. But I don't even trust her because she literally, when she picks her up, she's like, oh, there's a hospital not far from here. And then five minutes later, she's like, oh, I think there's a hospital around here. <laughs> and then and then she looks at Terry and is like, you look like you come from money. To which then she also <laughs> says something about like, oh, your husband does. And she's like, huh? Like that little gold band on your finger there? I have no memory of my husband. Um, I, it's fine. I'm going to read this now. So in the official guide, the official companion by Tara Delulo, buy now via Amazon. It's so funny. I'm going to read what this says. After a season's worth of incredible stress and danger, Terry Bauer finally cracks when she thinks she witnesses the death of her daughter in a fiery car crash. Shocked, she passes out and awakens with amnesia. The storyline received a lot of negative feedback from critics and some fans and even gave pause to Leslie Hope. Leslie Hope (laughs) apparently rang Stephen Hopkins. She says, I called up Stephen Hopkins and said, I'm a little worried about this whole amnesia thing. Stephen very calmly replied, well, you should be. <laughs> I'm so glad that you read that because I mean we love Leslie Hope here. I mean, hands down, one of the best interviews we've done twice. Uh, by the way, uh, such a nice lady. Uh, you know, even just communicating with her outside of you know, the on-air stuff. I mean, she's just the friendliest, you know, most charming person ever. And we've really praised what she's done with some of the bad stuff in this show, like you know the the awkward scene with Nina. How great that was last week or the week before. But I, I noted on here, and I didn't even want to bring it up. I'm like, is Leslie Hope even committed to this? Because it just seems like even she doesn't care. So you reading that makes me feel better about judging Leslie's performance. Because I honestly feel like she's giving this a third of the effort because she thinks it's the dumbest thing that's ever been written. Well, she says other things along the lines of, I was along for the 24 ride, but the only time I was worried, not surprisingly, was when that first amnesia script came down the pike. And then she mentions here that she got a lot of grief uh, for it as well. And it's like, I'm not going to blame uh, Leslie Hope for this because it's not her fault. She's mm-hmm. just reading words off a piece of paper. Um, it's no different to when people listen to our show and they think we're crap, blame our writers because they're terrible at what yeah, they do. Blame Noah. I'm, I'm actually a really decently nice guy. Um, I just come across <laughs> as, a, as an asshole because that's how the writers, well, Ben, you're going to play the asshole and Colin's going to play. Colin's actually a prick. He sleeps around. He knows all about sex. He watches porn all the time. Noah actually loves people of all colours and races. He actually gets dates all the time as well. Um, Rossi's a meth addict in real life. Yeah, and it really is called Rocky, you know, that one time. Yeah. Like, it, 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 was a, it was a faux pas by um, What's-Her-Face, uh, by Michelle. Um, but, yeah, no, it's interesting to kind of read that. that even, you know, in the official guide, they're basically going, yeah, so the amnesia storyline's kind of crap. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yes, uh, she comes from money. She's going to go to the hospital. And then apparently a restaurant triggers a memory to which she just walks around. It's like, I think I've got to stay here. Is there a maitre d' or somebody here? I'm just going to wait. And like, yeah, you're right. Like, what's the face here is all like the right thing. Like, maybe we should go to the hospital. And then basically she's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave you here. To which Terry's like, 
oh, yeah, um, maybe you should give me your number and I can give you whatever I have at some point. I'm sorry, this is the part where any nice human being would be like, it's okay, like, you're in trouble, don't worry about it, here's my number, call if you need some help. Not, how about you send me whatever you have plus 10 bucks? Like, she's the worst! Like, she's robbing... I, w- I want this phone call... Like, later on with Terry, hey, uh, yeah, so I've got some, what's your your details here? I've got about 50 bucks. 50? I was late for work. I had to, you know, I, I want at least $500 plus 10 bucks. Like, where's the drama of this in the future season? Um, Terry waits around. We get random guys show up. Oh, Mrs. Bauer, it's so nice to see you. Will Dr. Parslow be joining you? He honestly <laughs> talked like a Simpsons character. Um... <laughs> And I love the way that, like, Terry literally replies with, and again, props to Leslie Hope for making this line work, I seem to have lost my memory. <laughs> Do you know where it went? <laughs> is it under here? Is it under this? You know, let's have a look together. This is a future Golden Globe winning series for best drama on television, people. <laughs> with the line, I seem to have lost my memory. <laughs> um... And I also love it then when he's like, oh, you would always come in here with Dr. Parslow or whatever it is. He's not my husband. Well, he is a doctor. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Like, Dr. Evil's a doctor. But he, like, threatens the world with nuclear. Like, do you automatically trust? Who's that guy in Britain who killed, like, 150 people and he was a doctor? Like, like, doctors aren't just automatically good. I'm sorry to all our doctors, Lizzie. I don't think our listenership base stretches to doctors. We're not that high up the rung. But if there happens to be a doctor listening, I'm sure some of you are evil. Doctor evil. Simple. Um, And basically we get at the end of the episode, Dr. Parslow shows up. Um, I, I thought this was Ken Quappas. Does he not look like a little, him a little bit? Did... <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> Ken Quappas with some acting facility, uh, acting ability here. Um, and what does... What does he say? Like, Terry says something along the lines of, you're a doctor, and he does he say, like, not really or sort of or something like that? Like, they're selling this guy to be a doctor, but he says something along the lines of, like, oh, I I kind of am or something. Um, And Just like you're kind of married. Yeah. uh, Oh, no, so, okay, Doc shows up. He goes, you don't remember me. Terry goes, are you a doctor? To which he replies, not exactly. Like, what what is that? Is that like on um, uh, uh, the Santa Claus? I am a doctor. No, he's not. He's a psychiatrist. Um, yeah. Like how how are we quoting the Santa Claus so much on this episode? It's not even nearly Christmas. Um, <laughs> download our Santa Claus recap from a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, like oh, this is setting up something dramatic. Like Terry and random doctor guy. Oh, I really want to get to the bottom of this and Terry's memory. <laughs> like it's like Terry's it's lost the memory. It's bad enough. We don't need to introduce random Ken Quappas lookalike who's sort of a doctor at a restaurant to, like... I, I'm glad I didn't watch this episode live. Are people li- literally watching this live going, oh, my God, tell me more. Who's this random guy? Like, I want this guy to be, like, some sexy, hunky dude where they're all like, you know, ooh, like, Terry hooked up with him. Like, not some sort of geeky-looking guy. No no disrespect to this actor. I mean, I'm sure he's very attractive. I mean, I, I mean, he is. Look at him. He's, he's, a, he's a hunk of a man. But, like, I don't know, like... I don't care. I don't care. Terry's lost a memory. I literally don't care. So don't add extra layers to the non-caring factor. It's crap. It's so bad. It's so bad. I don't care. So 
One of the problems with this second half of the season is uh, their inability to just let Terry and Kim's characters be for a while. You know, yeah. we have so many other characters that just are allowed to reappear and disappear whenever they feel like it. I mean, Tony and uh, I mean, Nina, who's one of the main cast members, perfect example. There's several weeks where maybe you'll see her in the background. Uh, maybe you'll see her walking back and forth between rooms, but she doesn't have much to do. <laughs> it would have been okay for them to just give Carrie and Tim <laughs> a few weeks with nothing to do. Good old Tim, but they uh -huh. have to have them front and center. And you know, I did say in defense of this, that there's really only two scenes with Terry in this episode. Uh, but it's the fact that when you add it up week after week after week, none of this needs to be there. The first half of the season, it was a lot easier to deal with uh, Terry and Kim because they were worked into the main story. Yeah. Right now, it's almost like they had no real plans until the end of the season for either character, but they felt obligated to give them their own side plots. And because those side plots basically have nothing to do with the rest of the story. It's just explaining why nobody can find them. They each have their own little adventure. It's just, it's it has nothing to do with the show. And that's why I think we get so impatient with it, aside from the fact that they're just dumb storylines. Kim's is gonna be a little bit better, uh, probably only because she gets surrounded by, by some characters who are like legitimate threats, but it's also gonna be worse because it's even more removed from what's going on with the show. So, oh, what a coincidence she just walks into another, you know, story of drugs and betrayal and everything. You're 100% right. And I think this comes back to what we were talking before about, um, you know, when we're talking about Penny Johnson Gerald as the sort of the special guest star and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I will correct myself. Penny Johnson Gerald is listed as a main cast member in season two, which is interesting because I believe she's only in half of it. So, anyway. <laughs> um, but I guess so is Mason. So, you know, anyway. But um, th the fact is, is that Leslie Hope and Alicia Cuthbert are listed as main cast members. So, therefore, I guess they feel that they need to use them every single episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, which, again, is understandable. Fair enough. If you're a main cast member, use you every episode. But you don't do that. Like, on Lost, bring up Lost again, you know, uh, there are so many actors who are listed as main actors on each of the episodes, but you don't get them in every single episode. Third Watch, yeah. do it as well. Like, you've got, uh, you know, people that are listed as main cast members, but they're not necessarily in an episode. In in Nip Tuck, um, Jolly Richardson was listed as a main cast member, I think, for pretty much every season, even though she disappears after the fifth season. Like, but she's still right. listed as a main cast member. So, and mentioning, uh, mentioning Smallville again, uh, Erica Durant, who plays Lois Lane, I remember meeting her uh, when she was in season eight, which would have been, let me see, she started season four. So four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know, I had to count on my hand to figure out five there. Uh, five <laughs> seasons into her run on the show. And I remember asking her how many episodes she was even going to be in that season because typically she would be listed as a main cast member and appear in 12, 13 episodes out of 22. And even she said, ah, I have no idea. Just whenever the writers have something for me, they call me in. Uh, and and the, those are shows out at the same time. 24 actually is a bit of an anomaly and that they felt like the main cast members had to not only be in every episode, but have their own story front and center. And I guess the excusable part, though, is, again, this is a one-day storyline, so they literally are an hour. So how do you explain that um, Kim and Terry just disappear for a couple of hours when, like, it's so crucial with Jack? But I can perfectly explain it. They're in a safe house. They take a nap. You want to do a storyline where they have to leave the safe house do it, I don't know, on episode 20 or 21. So you have this big, intense thing at the end of the season and you don't have to have these holdover storylines of 
Dr. Not-So-Hunky and, uh, you know, Rick and his girlfriend and Dan's brother. Like, that's the problem is that you're, you're, you're it's so much filler. It's a very good point. And thinking about what happens moving forward, Terry eventually is just going to be sitting in CTU for the remaining, like, four or five hours just asking mm. where Jack and Kim are. That's basically what she's going to be doing. That's, like, like we got a couple of episodes, a couple of episodes ago, I'll go, where's Dad? Where's Jack? Where's Dad? It's literally, that's Terry's job for the last few hours. And then, obviously, in the final episode, she's arguably in one of the greatest scenes in history of television. But we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But, no, this storyline is not interesting. Uh, it's yeah. terrible. Of all the storylines I have covered on the Oz Network, this is up there <laughs> as one of the worst. And this is literally an episode and a half that we've seen this. We get it a little bit more next week. I think it ends next week because I think she miraculously gets a memory back. Um, but it's terrible. It's awful. I'd, I'd rather go sit in this restaurant and have a glass of water and talk to Mr. Simpson's character. Does uh, does she get the memory back that quickly? I thought it was like a slow thing where she sort of remembers, no, oh, I think I know where I live and so on. I'm pretty sure it's next week that, like, she, you're right, like, she remembers the whole living thing. Uh, if it's not next week, it's the week after. Like, uh, it's, okay. either, it's, it's, it's in the next two episodes that she gets it back pretty quickly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of going along with what I was saying about this being the section of the show where they were almost forcing these standalone stories. Uh, and I already know because of how this episode ends, I already know the next week's going to be the one that I have an issue with of the, the whole standalone story. Uh, even the ones that are serialized here, it feels like, okay, we got to do a three episode arc for Terry where she loses her memory. Whereas even in the first half of the season, they, they were a little bit ballsier where the Alan York thing would play out over five, six weeks. So I think mm-hmm. that there really was some, some worries, maybe some network uh, ideas of, you know, oh, we can't, we can't make people commit to watching this every single week. I mean, you said this was the second highest rated episode of the season, but the other episodes around this time frame here, were they decent? You know, was the show picking up week after week? Uh, so this got 9.33 million. It was building. So basically, uh, yeah, it started at 11.64, then kind of a few in the eights. There was one or two in the nines, most of them in the eights, some dropped into the sevens. But after this, so 9.33, following week, 8.72, 8.84, then 7.7, 8.49, 7.5, 8.4, and then the final episode got 9.25. So this episode got more than the finale. So- but at the same time, though, I mean, 9.3 million viewers or whatever – Nowadays, for that Fox. makes you a top 10. But it, well, even for Fox, nowadays, that's a top 10 show. In yeah. 2002, this show might have been on the bubble with ratings like that. Because I remember it was the DVD set that summer that was, you know, uh, basically credited with, with creating this, you know, fanaticism about 24. By the time season two was ready to debut, there was so much promotion behind this and everybody was on board with 24. But it's not like during the season, this was must-see TV yet. And I, I mean, it surprises me actually with the finale because it's actually interesting. We, we'll get to this obviously in a few weeks when we get to the finale. Because um, to me, if I right now, you had to tell me what's the greatest episode of 24, I would say the finale of season one. And um, it was listed in TV Guide's list of the top 100 episodes of all time in 2009 as the 10th greatest episode in the history of television. <laughs> so mm. like... That's that comes down to how great that episode is, and and I'm telling you now, like that, the finale itself has three moments which I think will be in our top five at the end of this season, and arguably could almost two of them could at least make the top ten of the of all time. Anyway, getting ahead of ourselves, but um, two, it's it's two quick things. Go for it, oh, Colin. 
I, I was just gonna say I've got nothing else to add on these stories because really we've talked Maybe more not. than they even featured on screen here. But two moments that really kind of made me laugh. One was uh, when Terry's in the car. Keeping in mind, this is 30 seconds after the the cliffhanger of the previous episode where she gets into uh, Tanya's car here. Uh, she's wiping her face down in the mirror. Now, don't you think we could have done with at least a single moment of, is that what I look like? <laughs> Does this jog my memory at all? If you have amnesia, you're going to be looking in the mirror to try to recognize yourself, recognize something. And it's going to be scary to look in the mirror and not recognize who you're looking at. But instead, she's just like, oh, all this dirt on my face. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I really got to clean myself up. It's just, it seems so stupid that they even put that in there. Again, that's a writer's thing. That's not a Leslie Hope thing. Uh, the second thing is with um, Kim, when she calls up Tony, uh, it's Tony's reaction. I mean, Tony, look, it's Carlos Bernard's acting style where he's almost, he's Johnny cool guy, you know? Uh, I don't really panic or, or show any emotion for anything. I just always sound, you know, very, very serious and sexy. But when she's calling him and saying, listen, the safe house was attacked. My mom and I were, were attacked. We're separated now. The agents were killed. Goes, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. The agents were killed? Like, that's what he's focusing on? No, I've lost Jack's daughter? No, I just want to be like, Agent Paulson. No, Paulson, we, we, he, he owed me 50 bucks. But by any chance, do you see his wallet around you? Can you grab something for me? He was only three days away from retirement. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the ultimate Tony reaction. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. The agents are dead. <laughs> Which again, it's like, I think he says to Mason all that, like get someone over to the safe house now and check. Like all these little moments like that just always remind me of that moment in Austin Powers when it's like, no one ever thinks about how the family of a henchman <laughs> is affected by the debt. Like I just want the, C- the CTU spinoff of Agent Paulson's family having to collect his belongings and like, you know, oh, <laughs> three days away from retirement. Oh, I told him he couldn't live with this job. Oh, how am I going to raise the kids? Little Johnny. Oh, and then like, like the CTU reboot is Agent Paulson's son Johnny growing up to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was killed 20 years ago, damn it. Um, I will say in the official guide, uh, there's an interesting little uh, additional intel this week. Uh, due to the intense continuity demands of the series, it is absolutely necessary for photos to be taken of every scene, set, and character throughout the season to match the episodes. Prop master Sterling Rush, that is an awesome name, Sterling Rush. Ah, uh, hold on. Bookmark that name. I'm going to have some uh, interesting things to talk about him next week. Oh, okay. Still... Week, I looked it up. I, I, that name, I, very important name. And people have heard it on this show before. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll tease it. I'll tease it here. Sterling okay? Lion? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Sterling Rush, in one of the interviews we did, somebody mentioned a story about him. And we're going to get to that next week. And I don't okay. even know if they intentionally realize that they mentioned him. All right, well, get excited for Sterling. We'll get Sterling Rush on the show. Um, averages ten to 12,000 photos per season. Wow. That is uh, a lot. You, you're, old, you're older than me, so you, of course, would remember the little films that you used to get when you you know, took 24 exposure cameras and you'd get the hour, one-hour photo and 24 oh, photos yeah. of your film. Ten to 12,000 of them. You know, imagine if that was not digital. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm bidding this episode, Colin. Uh, what are you doing with it? <laughs> I'm not bidding it. I'm actually ah, renting it. Boo. Uh, and it's not my worst rent ever either. So that's that's the other thing. It, it, really, I think you almost did bring this down with your little tactic of let's talk about all of Kim and Terry stuff at the end. But <laughs> it's, it is such a small chunk. They have two scenes each in this episode. It amounts to 
not even a quarter of the screen time. I mean, three quarters we get here is great. And I'm definitely higher on the um, uh, the, the hotel scene than you are with uh, Nash and Drazen. It's just they needed to end it differently. Don't ask me how, I don't know. But like, I just if it didn't end that way, then I wouldn't be that way. I have no idea. But um... When was the last time you had a buy? Well, actually, it's funny you say that, Colin Hilding, because I was just about to bring up. The, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just adding this to my rankings. Though. I'm putting this dead last. This is 17th, so <laughs> wow. um, I just, just uh, want to point that out. But um, so, none of us have bought an episode since episode 12. Uh, so for the last five episodes, you are on a rent bin, rent, rent, rent. I'm on a rent bin, rent bin, bin. So. Uh, Again, famous last words I said at the beginning of the season. I don't think I've been an episode this season. Uh, I've been three of the last four. So, um, yeah. You've been wow. more than I have. I, I have. I just, I, I take out the trash, apparently. Um, it's, I'm, I'm Gordon Bombay. Take out the trash. Um, uh, where are you rating this episode, Colin? Like, where are you ranking it, I should say? Again, you're going to hate me because I've got this at 11. Wow. Yeah, I do hate you. Um, I actually, I found the IMDB ranking list of, of episodes uh, of 195 episodes of 24. This apparently, according to IMDB is 159th. Uh, apparently it's 13 spots higher. Uh, no, even more than that. Um, it is last week they put it 182. So this is what, that's 23 spots higher than last week. I don't know about that. Last week's was a better episode. Um, which, if I'm looking here, these are the two lowest-ranked episodes of this season. No, episode uh, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. is the lowest-ranked episode, which I believe you binned that one too, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I wasn't high on that one. Uh, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Which one was that one? Uh, no, we both binned it. That was episode 14. So, um, yeah, so that was the lowest-ranked episode of this season. According Good. to IMDb, followed by last week, followed by this week. Uh, and if you want to know what the number one rated episode of all time of 24 is, I already mentioned the finale <laughs> of this season uh, is actually the highest rated episode ever on IMDb. It's a 9.3. So uh, just if, you, if you're watching this for the first time and you're getting a bit sick of where we are right now, just buckle yourselves up because the way this season ends uh, is just uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, next week, we meet Guy in Hat. Um, Jack well, we has an enemy. <laughs> Jack has an enemy within CTU. Kim oh. gets into some trouble with some drugs, and Terry <laughs> still doesn't remember things. Um, I don't think we get much better next week, people. <laughs> so, yeah, just wait till that, it gets next dark week's again. gonna be angry. It's it's probably gonna be angry, Colin, because the, the that's the storyline <laughs> I was talking about. Like where it just became painfully obvious. We got a one off episode here we have no commitment to serialize the whole jack's enemy thing on this stakeout that that was that was the moment when i watched season one where i'm like i'm not saying that i love the amnesia stuff like oh even jack stuff doesn't work for me you know what i'm blaming colin i'm blaming the daytime because if i look back to the darkness of 24 season one when it was dark i bought everything except two episodes since it's become day i've binned and rented episodes that haven't bought many so when we get dark again in a couple of hours again we're getting back to some good episodes so i'm blaming the daytime on 24. just let the sun go down already don't let the sun go down on me do let it go Um, down uh yeah sure um we'll be back next week for that in the meantime do all those things that you do uh you'll hear them at the end of this i can't be bothered going over them uh but let's just say my name is ben and you can give me whatever you want plus 10 bucks
And my name is Colin, and whoa, hold on. The episode's over? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>